And here they come. Now, though, Brian O'Neill, Conlon White. Breaks inside to Stephen White. The one man that can do it, and he's done it! A goal for Lars. Paulo Hanlon, a vital touch. Now he's Stephen White to his right. This must be it! It is! I don't believe it! Kildare must be out of the Leicester Oh, I love listening back to those goals. I just love it. I love it. I love it. And if you love it too, you're in for a treat this week. Uh, thanks thanks for all the positive correspondence during the week. Stefan's got great feedback. And even his Legends Tour in the GA Museum looks uh, looks have went really well during the week. It's on there. The link is on the buyers when I catch up and see it. Talks more about his career there as well. It's a virtual tour. This week we talk about how that virtual tour came about. We delve into the cultural allowed team of the 90s. We go 1991 in high definition. It's 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 a really good insight to a really class forward uh, about those goals. The Clans years, the O'Connell's fallout and the return. And I put him on the spot at the end. We begin though where we left off last week. Which year with Laird did he regret the most? Is that is that one of your biggest regrets in that 91 year or 98 yeah, I think 98 is probably uh, 98 is probably a bigger regret because I felt that uh, I just felt that there was 91 we, had, we or 98 we had you know we, we were we had been there there before um, and we should have learned. I think 98 there was a serious decision put against us with a point awarded to me when it wasn't a point in, in the referee knew it wasn't a point. You know, it was plain to see, um, but. I think 98 was a huge disappointment because we had really, really, the, few of the players had moved on and we had, you know, there was a couple of the lads come in. I remember Gidget came in and uh, Dotsie and some of the lads came in and there was a, there seemed to be a more of a balance in the team then, you know. Um, and I know that for a fact, even from speaking since that day, many's a, many's a time with some of the main lads, they were really, they, they, they were looking at Leiden saying, we're in trouble here, you know. Yeah. And we had them at that stage at different times. We just, we just done stupid things, and and uh, that was I, I'd say ninety eight was more of a disappointment. Now, to be honest with you, than ninety one. Probably seven years later, but saying that we were we, we you know we should have known better. Put it to you that way. I think we we, we let me off the hook, and I think in ninety eight there was an opportunity. There probably the same in ninety one. There was an opportunity. Leash got the opportunity um, and take it, you know. And it stood the leash because they went on a few years later. If you know, I know it's yeah. quite a, a few years later, but they went on and. And won the Leinster Championship. So I'm not saying that the team that we had, but it would have given the county a, a huge lift to get to the Leinster final, as it did in 2010. It gave the whole county, it gave everybody a lift, it gave employment, it gave you know people that went into into the sport, it gave them a huge, a, a yeah, huge lift. I, I actually mentioned that, like if we if we get over leash and we take me down, me don't win that that um, All Ireland then in '99. You know it. I'm yeah. sure Sean Boyle and seen in a different light completely, but. It, it's just the way kind of things go, and even you always Seamus O'Hanlon would always say, or people would say about Seamus and probably yourself, if there was a back door, if there was an international rules team around that time, yeah, now would be far more represented than said now re- in recent times. Oh, yeah, yeah, when you th- yeah, and when you think about you know you look at at, at you know a lot of us, well, I I didn't get the chance to play in the qualifiers. Um, I know some of the lads did that, and those 
predominantly in, in what I would call my era of playing. Good few of them did, good few of them didn't. Um, I'd say probably some of them got an opportunity to play in the qualifiers and probably shouldn't have got an opportunity, should have been gone by that stage, but that was their own decisions. But I think in relation to, we're just chatting in the house the other day about the new format for this year, and I, I think I think it's something that the GEA need to look at, and I think the GEA, in the club perspective, I think need to go back to the balls in a hat and pick the, the, the names out and it's a one-off match. I think Championship has to go back. Well, my feelings are that Championship has to go back to one match um, and it's a draw. This back door, or it suits the it suits the, the, the stronger teams. I know in down um, in, in their Championships here for the last number of years, it's been back door and it suits the stronger teams. The Kilcoos and the Burns of, of, of County Down here would have always loved the back door because... They can always see, you know, and if you have a fella carrying an injury, you know that if you win that match, you're more or less into a quarter final. It gives you a wee bit of um, idea that you look, you always have the back door. Whereas if the championship match is one hour and you have to perform on that hour, there's no, you know, if you're if you're if you're beating you're out and you're gone, it's, it's another year for the championship, you know, which is what it should be. What what year was it that Seamus got into before there? Was that ninety six? Ninety six, yeah. Ninety six. I, I, I'd never forgiven him as a young, as a young fan. Him not coming out that day because I thought, I think that was that not our best chance to get to Leinster the final. And then what they went and yeah. did then the final. Yeah. Ninety seven, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually forget about well, not that I forget about ninety six. Ninety six. Probably a lot of people don't remember ninety six. Ninety six holds personal things in ninety six, which I'm not going to go into. But that was a huge disappointment, and the people know who they're. The people know to this day, Darren, what happened that day, you know, but that's for another day. Wait, 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 would it be unfair to say it, it, it was there was a big drinking culture kind of let that loud team down? Or was that is that is that a myth entirely? Was every team in the same boat? Um, I don't think so. Like, don't get me wrong, we, we all enjoyed a few beers after matches and probably after training sessions as well, some of us, you know, but look, to be honest, you're not going to turn around and say it was, it was a drinking culture. No, it was... I don't think it was. I think in those eras, you know, when you're talking about those days, there was no seven days a week training. There was no, um, there was no gym work. There was no um, emphasis on, you know, your your times and all that sort of thing. It was training two, maybe three times a week. If you went away on a weekend training, uh, maybe on a Saturday, and then you played on a Sunday or something like that, it was a bit unique. You know, you were probably looking at other county teams doing it, but there was no, you know, the, the commitment nowadays for the inter-county footballer is seven days a week and it's I don't mean there's no life but your life is very much curtailed there's no social life um, involved you know you can't it, to do it at the right level um, and I think I, I wouldn't say it was a drinking culture you know there's probably every every county team probably would have had fellas that would have been you know having a few beers now but I think we were no different to, to a lot of the to a lot of the, the other inter-county teams you know but we were just unfortunate I think that in the county we had um we had a very successful team, very talented bunch. It was just a pity that we didn't get to the Leicester final and just see what would have happened because we never got the opportunity. And I think when you, you are beaten so many times in, in semi-finals, it leaves a scar on you and it just leaves you that, you know, are we here again? Are we ever going to break this hoodoo of semi-finals? You know, you, you play in five, six, maybe seven of them and you just, it's the same, same result and it's disappointing, you know, but... That's that's the way it is, you know. You can't do much about it. And did you feel that was was that kind of in the back of all your minds then in that in those years to get over that? I think as you, yeah, I think as you go on, you kind of look and you know, for years you you'd be just 
we always came to it. Apart from we'll say that okay, you can you can earmark Baffley in ninety six and Leash in ninety one. You know, the rest of the times that either Dublin or Meath, and uh, Dublin especially. You know, we, we were beaten. Dublin a couple of times at least um, and I think in those situations it was we were all beaten in the last maybe five, six minutes and it went so well for long periods of, of games you know but um, it was just unfortunate that you were involved with uh, and playing against a talented two talented teams like Dublin and Maid which were you know their talent was unreal you know they were both going and one other Ireland in those, in those years and it was just unfortunate you know numerous people have said to me Stephen God if you had to be if that particular team had to be in Connacht or maybe I don't. Friends of mine down here in Ulster would say they wouldn't. You wouldn't have won one with that team down here in Ulster. But I, I beg to differ. You know, I think that we were just unfortunate. I think it was a wee bit of self belief as well as anything else that that caught us out. You know, and you can't do much about it. You know. No, no, no. And then I suppose we we get to it. We get to the big moment. It probably give you the national recognition, and maybe it gives you the, the emphasis for this GA Legends Tour, Board Gosh Legends Tour in Pro Park for in the GA Museum. That you're doing now, Wednesday, twenty second of July. Mm-hmm. Do you still remember it? Do people still talk about the two goals, or is it something you show the daughters? Or <laughs> yeah, they I showed the daughters and I came pictures, and that, and they've actually said, "God, Daddy, I didn't know you'd ever had hair, you know, <laughs> uh, especially black hair." <laughs> but, but. Um, uh, yeah, it's, like, I would have even in business. I I work for a company here in in uh, in Warren Point, uh, a paper business company, and I I work for them all over Ireland. And even you know, even to this day, you know, people in Kildare still talking about that that those games and or that particular game and the goals. And people probably maybe that you know you talk to people and still remember the the famous the the most famous memory of or the best memory of football of them. Kindly say that the two goals in eighty one was great atmosphere and the build up to the match uh, because of the fact that there was talk of the match maybe not been played there. I think there was an emphasis on that and and then obviously the results. So yes, you would still get recognition for that and memories of that and it's great to hear whether it be good or bad. People saying, well, f you for for scoring the goals from a Kildare point of view, and then people saying, God, I was only ten or eleven and that's so many years ago. And I remember that that day in Drogheda will always be etched in memory. So that's nice to hear, you know. Do you remember the balls coming in? Do you remember the smells? Or, or um, is it vivid? I remember that vividly. I think in the first half, I don't think much was going right. Certainly for me, it wasn't going right. And um, there was a couple of balls I missed, and then there was, it was one of those days that if you went to the left, the ball was kicked to the right, and if you went to the right, the ball was kicked to the left. And um, I remember in the lead up to that, I think Patrick uh, Patrick Butterley was. Between myself and himself, he, we were kind of looking after free kicks, and he was kicking the closer one, uh, closer ones on that particular day. And um, I remember in the second half, or maybe at half time, um, we were just kind of saying to each other, you know, we, we haven't played at all, and we're only a few points ahead, and or they were only a few points ahead, and and, and you know, I remember, I can't remember who it was, kind of. Had kind of made the emphasis on the backs and said, "Look, we haven't got stuck into these guys." And the, you know, I think if we do get stuck into them and and push them and see what what's what they're made of, they, they mightn't just be as 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 keen to get stuck in as we would would be. So we kind of went at half time and said, "Look, let's give it a chance and see just exactly what they're made of." You know, so um, we kind of felt in maybe ten or fifteen minutes into the second half that the game was still there to be won, and we're kind of staying. We haven't played it performed here at all, and if we get the opportunities, you know, we need to take them. And I think Patrick scored a point, and then they came back and 
scored a goal and then we tagged on another couple of points and then I remember getting a free and I just um, I came out it was about 40 yards out and I just I hadn't even time to think about it I just put it down and took a few steps bang bang went over the bar and I kind of said to myself geez we're still here this team hasn't put us away Yeah. Um, and I remember I, I vaguely remember any of the goals to be honest with you um, I remember the first one John Osborne got a ball and he, he, he drop kicked it <laughs> and I kind of said I, I was I knew Cahill was Cahill was in front of me but Cahill went to go for it and then David Dalton was marking me and he, he took a step in front of me um, and he anticipated um, Cahill I'm sorry he anticipated going over Cahill's head but for some reason that it, it, it went over his head and just at the last second I'll be honest with you just at the last second he was kind of very close to me and I give him a nudge just to, to kind of he was going in the way that I wanted him to go but just yeah, to, yeah, to make yeah. sure that he did go that way <laughs> I just the ball just fell into my lap um, and I knew that there was nobody behind me because anywhere that was behind me Stephen Cahill were playing very close to each other even at, at those times when we played together we were very close and even the clans were played very close and I knew when he was in front of me there was no one behind so just when I got I just took one hop and I said right here goes and the it just it went in a wee bit of luck. I think if I had to take any more steps or anything about it, you know, maybe fumble there. I think it was just and he probably caught the keeper out that he he probably thought it was going to take a solo or a hop afterwards, you know. But um, the second one, I just remember, I think Seamus got it was near the end. They had come back then and scored a goal. I think yeah. I can't remember. Is that, is that, um, was that a tactic? Like Gilroy, I think was that a tactic that that was that you weren't doing, or was it because it was coming to the nearly the end of the game that the long ball uh, was more in use? Um, no, I'd say I'd say there was a lot of emphasis just to get the ball down the field. Um, it, it was coming there, as Alex said, in the say squeaky bum time, and it was just you know get the ball into the danger zone. It was at that stage there was no point in messing about. It was kind of just get it down. There was no sweepers in those days, whether oh, they wanted to play them or not. There was no emphasis on putting another man and protecting, um, protecting the goals or protecting the the goals going in, as as, it's, as you could say. But um, I think it was just a matter of getting the ball down. I think it was it was it was a very clammy, warm day. I think there was you know there was there wasn't much energy left, and I think any sort of a mistake, it kind of when a ball comes in like that, there. It's, well, Dad always said to me, he said, I always remember that a defender has to get it out. He said, once he slips, the forward is in business, you know, because you're nearer to the goals, he has to get in, get back and he can't foul you. So I kind of had that in my mind as well. Once the ball came in, I said, well, I'm, I'm going to take a chance here. You know, if you don't take a chance, I think if the two of us had to go for it, it might have maybe fell, fallen to a kill their man. But um, we just, I just took a wee chance. And uh, I was at the second goal. I don't really remember much. I think Seamus had it and then, it just came in, and once Cahill got, he lost his footing, and I had peeled away to the right hand side. And the and, defender um, goes to, yeah, the defender goes. Yeah, he, leaves you. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And he was kind of Cahill was nearly stumbling, <laughs> and then he, he got it to me. But I knew that when the ball was coming across, I knew I had to get back over the other side. Um, Cahill would probably still tell you to this day that I was I was never going to give it back to him. You know, it was never going to be a one-two, but. Um, once he, once he came over to me, I knew that I had to get back across him. But I had him, the way I had myself, I knew that, I knew always that I was going to take the shot with the left foot. I, I knew that I wouldn't get got it away with the right. And probably, the defender probably felt he's only going to shoot on his right. And that's why I, I came back the other way. And uh, Keeper was, he was kind of, he had pulled the other way across. But I just, I'd just seen the other corner and that was it. Well, there was a nice shimmy though in between... 
just uh, drop it, a, drop it a shoulder. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't let the ball kind of go across me. If you see it, it kind of yeah. can't can to me. It, it kind of bounced once, and I let it go across me. And then it, it was it was the opportunity then to get the get the side step in, and then back to the the famous left foot in the garden. <laughs> yes, that's the one. That's the one. The, yeah. the father drilled into you, and it. it <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that was his goal. <laughs> <laughs> And come here, that, that was just savage. Like, we haven't seen those really those days again, Bar. I know you mentioned 2010, but Drawda was absolutely hopping. Yeah, it was incredible. Even if you look at it now, and I got a picture or DVD somewhere in the house here, and when you think back and look at it, like, it was just incredible. Like, you know, you'd see on, on, on days now, you know, in good matches, and in recent times, you know, whether it be in the county matches or, you know, senior finals, etc. You'd see maybe the part of the bank on the far side would be pretty full and maybe the stand, obviously the stand wasn't there at that time, but you can imagine the, where the stand is now, that was the dress, obviously the dressings were there on two sides and that was the two banks. Like those two banks were packed behind the goals was pretty full and that large bank which holds, you know, huge amount of people, that was packed and the, the one behind the goals, so the goals went in. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know, many was there, there was, I don't know, it was down the hole, I think. Was it down the hole 11 or 12,000 that time? Right. Yeah, yeah. I think there was something like that. It was. I think the safety issues were, were well and truly blown out of the water on that particular day. I don't think there was, there was any, uh, there was nobody not going to get in the put it that way. I think, on that day. I think everyone that, that went were glad that they did, you know. Is that how the, um, uh, the GA tours came about? I don't actually know now. The GA contacted me some time back, um, I had given dad's jersey. Dad had given me one of his rest of Ireland jerseys, and I had it in the house here for for a long, long time. And um, I contacted. I just I, I wrote a letter to. Um, sorry, I contacted the museum and just asked them. I, I dropped them an email, and they said that they hadn't really got a whole pile of memorabilia from interprovincial, you know, the railway cup, and it was still very much, you know, part of the museum, and it was a, a great. Um, event for them in the in the older days you know because it was held in such high esteem and they hadn't got a whole a whole uh, lot of memorabilia so it was a couple of years after that really that's done about i did that about three years ago and um i just got a phone call then around about oh god april time of this year maybe may um just asked me that they were picking eight individuals and would i be interested in doing them and with the with the, the current situation was obviously going to be done remotely rather than um the tour itself, and um, oh, it was a great honour. I was delighted to to do it. You know, um, I don't know how I would have done in the in the normal terms of, of kind of taking a group or whatever. You'd be involved with it, but they explained it very well. They were very helpful. We done it to a, a Microsoft Teams, like a Skype sort of thing, um, yeah, and they just yeah. they went through basics. They sent me very kindly the questions they were going to ask me, and a couple of days beforehand, so that you're getting wee notes out or whatever. Um, more to, to co- coincide with dates, etc. But it was great honour. Um, the family, the, the by family here, and obviously our, I have three girls here, but they would have known that much. Obviously, the I kind of saying to them that I was asked for this, and they're kind of saying, "Yeah, so what, Dad? You know this sort of type of thing." But yeah, yeah. my own family, my my sisters, and and other members of the family, and people and friends and mine locally here um, would have said a couple of them made smart comments. Said, "How did you get that?" You know. But, <laughs> I don't know how I did, but anyway, I let them. Uh, I don't know it was it was nice to do, and it was it was it was very relaxed. Um, and as I said, he would 
some of the other people that was involved in doing it, it was it was uh, it was nice to be asked with those sort of sort of names, you know. They won Ireland medals and Leinster medals, but plenty of memories and plenty of plenty of some sort of achievements. But it was, it was that's really how it came about. But it's it's nice to be honoured, yeah, you know, nice to be recognised. It's very good and. The the one thing as well, um, I I want that about memorabilia. You had a, you had a pair of those um, Adidas Predator accelerators in '98 in that game. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, we we would you been a fan of boots or would you have collected them or you, you would? Um, well, funny enough, I had um, I would have always my dad bought obviously my father would have bought my first pair of boots. I remember my first pair of boots was. Uh, well, not my very first pair, but certainly the first pair I remember was a pair that was bought in Tommy McConville's sports shop in Dundalk. Right. Tommy, the played with Dundalk. Yeah, yeah. Um, he had a shop in the bottom end of the town, down around the Bridge Street, down that area. And uh, my father bought a pair of, there were Patrick. Yeah. The made Patrick. Yeah, I remember, um, yeah. They were, ca- were made of kangaroo leather. <laughs> very, very soft, right? There's no joking. And, um, the cost of it forty punts four o, and which was a fortune at that stage. And I remember my dad buying two pairs of them, right? Yeah. Exact same size, same boots. And Tommy was asked, so "What? Why did you buy two pairs?" No, he always two pair. He said, "Always have two pair of boots, Tommy. Buy one, and then you can. You always have one in case one rips or whatever." And then of course, coming back in the car, he said, "Don't tell your mother I bought two pairs," which is a clean fortune. That was in. Jesus, yeah. Oh, I don't know, late 80s, 83, no, mid 80s, 83, probably the time of the O'Connells, I remember when I was that time, 83, that, those are 82, 83, crazy money for that sort of thing. But I moved on then, and uh, I remember the Liverpool player Craig Johnson, he was the first, yeah, yeah. he was the first player, he was involved in the, in the, um, the, making the of manufacturing the- of the Predator bit, and, uh, he, I, I bought a pair myself of those. That they would, I think they were the, one of the first pairs ever. Um, I think one of the matches I played in those was in... Was it Drogheda? It could have been the Drogheda match, maybe the 91 match. I don't know. I can't remember. No, looking at, um, looking at the 91 match, I think you had a pair of Nikes. Uh, or maybe it, could have had, yeah. I think it was Nikes or, or maybe it was a Patrick. I think they were, they were an all No, it was, I, probably, I think you're probably right. I think it was Nikes. Um, but I went on then and I moved to... I bought those Predators and they were they were very comfortable boot. And then I was very lucky in those later years, say from about 90, well in Monaghan, uh, the Monaghan team at that time, um, we were all kitted out with two pairs of boots that time in the lead up to the Ulster final. Yeah. Two pairs of, from Adidas, we got two pairs of, of uh, every every player got two pairs of boots that, and, and some other gear. So I kept in contact with the with the guy that was involved with Adidas and he very kindly then through the years then just supplied me with boots. Um, so the Lexia Predators in 98 and all those were, were kindly donated from from Adidas. I was very lucky and a few tops and bits and pieces like that. Nothing to the nothing to the David Beckham um, array of, of uh, memorabilia but certainly those were they were very handy because it saved me buying boots and I would have had numerous pairs. I would have always had um, a studded pair for, we say, wet days. I would have had moulded and depending on ground, etc. And then comfort and everything would have been, I would have been very much um, involved in that. But then in years, even since I got married, I married in 93. Even before then, uh, when I went up to uh, back home, I'd nearly call. And dad would have always had my boots perfect for me, all cleaned, all 
he used to coat them in Vaseline to keep the leather soft in them and they were like slippers going on. I never, I would never, my wife would even slag me till this day. She said, Stephen, you never wash your boots, you never look after them. He would have always done that. I know, it's unreal, yeah, it's nearly the father is, li- is living, he, my father's the same, he looks at me and says, jeez, if I had that gear back then, we'd... Oh, yeah, 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 always, it always, you'd always get that thrown at you, but he, that was his, one of his pride and, uh, pride and joy was, it, well, he, he would have done it with his own boots, not to the same extent, but he would have always had them and stuffed them with paper then yeah. after the matches, when they were wet to keep the shape in them, and then he'd have them, when they dried, then he'd, he'd coat them then with just uh, his hands with Vaseline and just smooth them in, or... or like some sort of a, like an olive oil or something, just to smooth them, you know. Okay. So they wouldn't let the wet in. Did he? Have, did he have any Joe Wards? Did he win any Joe Wards? Um, I don't. I think he won one. Right. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if he, I think he did. I'm really sure he did. I think he what did. He won one. So you you won a few. Yeah, I was lucky to win. I won. I won two Joe Wards. You were gone. Yeah. You were gone by '98 with the clans. So you, I was. So you, yeah, you get, yeah. No, I was gone with it. You get your move to the clans, and was it was '91 your first year, and you go straight to the Joe Ward final, Stavanger. Yeah, ni- sh- yeah, '91. Yeah, yeah. and shock you that day. Actually, that one of the things with COVID, it was there's the full v- DVD of that game, and you had some serious chances that day. Yeah, yeah. I think a, a mate of mine texted me from Castle Banning, and he was saying that he, he watched the '91 final a few weeks back. And he said, um, he said, you must have got, <laughs> you must have given Brendan McConnell, he said, uh, some dough that day, he said, because uh, you hit him more times with the ball, he said, than he ever was hit since that. He said, you oh. hit him more times with the ball. And I said, I know, I said, trying to, uh, I was trying to, the guy said, I was trying to kill the ball and bust the ball instead of just trickling it past him, you know. But uh, oh. it was, that was, that was, that was just a day if the Bannon deserved a title, I have to say, they played better than the clans in the final. And we were lucky probably the following year, we, uh, the Gales, had us and, and should have beaten us. Seamus went up and, and scored a point. Probably did tell you he never score again. And then the the, uh, the replay then, we just we, we blew them out of the water, you know. Yeah. We were lucky. And then 93, then we are just we, we were on a run then for those two years, which was which was um, just it was something that the clans wanted to do. And they just wanted to win everything in front of them, which was quite achievement, you know. And was that nice then? Was that kind of vindication? I know Niall Sharkey would have been the same with us. He would have... Would have been uh, a bit of controversy about getting to getting to join Cullen and that when they shouldn't mm-hmm. have, when they shouldn't have actually been. But then it makes it all sweeter when you win. Um, it probably would have look down. There's probably still in the, in relation to Castle Bellingham. There's probably still people that would have a grievance with me over the fact that I left them. Um, you have to remember, I had I was living in Castle Bellingham. My mum had a business in Castle Bellingham. Okay. I, I had a, I had sisters um, in Castle Bellingham. You know. A couple of times they would have got a bit of verbal abuse. I got plenty of verbal abuse, but it kind of washed off me. Um, but it was probably, it was probably something that was, un- was it unavoidable? Yes, it probably was. I could have stayed where I was and, and finished out my career, full career. And in 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 Castle Bellingham, a lot of people since that would have said, "Look, you're dead right, Stephen." I would have done the exact same myself. Um, but. Uh, different times. I'm sure Neil probably got the same abuse. Maybe I have to be honest with you. I never lived in Dundalk. I always lived in Castle Bellingham. When I played the clans, I always played in Castle Bellingham. I lived in Castle Bellingham, so I'm not going to turn around and say there wasn't. In the time in relation to Castle Blaney, um, part of the deal, if you want to call it, that I was getting an apprenticeship. Um, I had written about fifteen or twenty letters to businesses in 
in, in Dundalk and County Louth especially and asked them would there be any vacancies for uh, and to, to, to serve my apprenticeship and they couldn't do it and um, a friend of Frank Lynch's came to him and said look there's a man in Castlevania he'll give Stefan a, an opportunity to serve his time but he has to transfer and that's part of the deal and I said at that stage look, it didn't matter I didn't know, did I know much about Castlevania not really um, it was a big jump for me because I was what I was just turned 19 um, 18 and a half 19 I was heading away heading away if you want to call it half an hour 40 minutes over the road but I was over there I was in uh, stayed in a, in a house very very lovely woman who I, who I still um, have a lot of time for a Scottish lady Cassabini looked after um, I stayed with her and her son they were Scottish people and uh, no I still be in contact with her not as, not as often as it should be but she it was a very settled house and that gave me as I said earlier about the parish and family kind of orientated that's more or less what Blaney was. And once they, they knew that I was, you know, it's like any, I suppose it's a wee bit different now. You can imagine 24, 30 odd years ago, heading away. Um, I was living Monday to Friday down there, you know. So it made more sense for me then when the opportunity arose with Monaghan. I was kind of spending more time down there than I was at Castle Bellingham. Um, I wasn't at home most of the time. I was working and living down there. I was used to it. And the opportunity, I said, look, um, I'd take the chance. Was it something that I look back with regret? Definitely not. Even the time with Monaghan, the short term was what three years. I wouldn't have said it was regret. It was it was great experience, great to play with, great success. I was you know it, it, it benefited me big time when I came back to play with Louth. You know, it's a different era too. Like there's not like the world is an awful lot smaller place now. Like I know you're saying, oh, you're only forty minutes down to Castleblaney. Yeah, but there's no yeah. WhatsApp. There's no FaceTime. Like you're down there. No. You know, so no, mobile. There wasn't any. Uh, yeah. If there was mobile phone, I don't think it was mobile phones then. When you think about it, no emails. Uh, very. F- I, I would say if there was emails, there would maybe very few and far between. Um, you would have said that in nowadays people drive an hour, an hour and a half, two hours every day to walk up and down. Yes, they probably do, but in those days they probably didn't. You know, so going down there made more sense that if you were working. I had no way, I didn't drive at that stage in, in, in my life, so I had arranged then to get, you know, if I had to come back up and down every day, how was I going to get back up and down? It was. It, it didn't make sense. The sensible thing was to, to stay down there, and that's what we done, you know. Um, and then you were, as, as to this day, I would have made really, really good friends in, in, in Castle Blaney, and, you know, times move on, but I'd still be in contact with quite a few of them, you know, um, which is which is nice. And you, yeah, you just have great memories of those sort of areas, you know. And with the clans, that was like that was like a, a super team. If you can, if it, if for, for the want of a better word, like you know, it really mm-hmm. was. Do you do you do you think? Well, it's a, probably an obvious question. Do you think you could have won more? Oh, without doubt. Yeah, we uh, we we got to a Leinster semi final with with the clans against Ballyroan and Mullingar Shamrocks. The Ballyroan one was was hard to swallow. It was a nav and real wet day. Um, we never, never performed at all on the day. Um, I think we were playing against the wind, and I think we were something like a draw match in the first half, and then the second half we just kind of maybe na- na- negativity and naivety maybe as well. We just felt probably we had the match won, and we just couldn't couldn't get out of second gear, and they grinded down and they deserved the win. Mullingar Shamrocks was it was in the clans. Um, I think that was probably a, a tough one to take because. They had a good team at that stage. Spike, Spike Fagan was on the county panel. He was there in Westmead at that stage. Yeah, um, 
Dermot Flynn, I think, was playing with Mullingar at that stage as well. Them. I was just going to say it was Flynn. Yeah, with yeah, them. yeah. Um, and he's still very friendly with Flynn. A good, good lad. He had a lot of time for both people and myself and, and himself. So he get on very well. But um, that was hard. I think the clan should have been, you know, definitely on that team. Dan, they should have been um, competing at a higher level in, in less. So I think there was probably, you know, you won loud and then I think it happened with an awful lot of loud teams, which is disappointing. Um, you know, apart from the likes of likes of yourselves or some of the other teams in more recent times, um, I think there was nearly when you won the championship for a lot of loud clubs, you kind of felt that that was it, you know, when they should have been looking further afield. And certainly with the, the amount of talent we had in, in, in the clans, we should have been we should have been going further than we did, definitely so. And what was it like training with the clans? Was it like was it like county training with uh, with with the with the major? <laughs> yeah, it, it was a bit strange because at that stage we we never even trained with the clans. You know, when you were yeah, when you were yeah. training with Loud, you didn't you, you didn't have the opportunity because I used to go down that time and just maybe do a bit of free kicking or something like that. You know, just to kind of to warrant you on your face more than anything else because you have to bear in mind that we were training with clans, especially up in the championship, you're not the same as probably most clubs. They don't see the county players for a lot of the time. No. Um and then you're coming back and then you've maybe you've only a couple of sessions and then you're into the championship match, you know, you don't get much time with with, with tactically or anything like that. So it was easy in a way because you weren't one of two, you were one of maybe seven or eight at that stage, you know, you're talking about Two, maybe three O'Hanlons, Jerry Curran, David Stoughton, Fitzer, uh, you know, different times, Barry O'Connor, um, Boo Boo, you know, there was, there was, there was quite a, a, a large contingent of us. So it was the backbone of the team, if, if you want to put it that way. And it wasn't probably easy on the club, even though they weren't playing. I'm sure their training, because of the levels, they were, you know, the, the, the amount of, of fellas that was missing wasn't, wasn't easy for them. But fair play to the rest of the, the clans panels at different times, they, they kept going, and it was it was credit to them that the success that we had was probably as much warranted on 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 the non county players as it was the county players. I have to say that because yeah. you know they the did a great bunch making up the number. It wasn't easy on them, you know. You yeah. have to imagine like if you've you've twenty or twenty five a panel and seven or eight of them are missing, you know, you're down to sixteen, seventeen. Then if you have a couple, maybe a nod injury or a fella's not able there for walk, you could be down to, you know, twelve. 14, which is no good of a session, you know, it's and, not easy to and, do anything with And And they probably know they're not going to be playing either. When the boys yeah, come yes, exactly. You have, you have that as well, which is frustrating for them because they can turn around and say, oh, I'm not going to be playing. These boys are going to walk back onto the team, you know. And they, they understood that we were training. It's all this fella wasn't there, you know. But it just meant that it was, it was, it was frustrating for them. But, I don't know, that's the way it was. And... Um I suppose uh, you had a good relationship with Carl. Would he be? I, I'm gonna. I, I put people on the spot on the podcast, and I asked them a couple of questions nearly to finish. Would, would I'll actually ask you straight? Who was your Who was your favorite player to play with? Not necessarily your best or your most skillful. Maybe just your favorite. In 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 all, all teams. Yeah, all teams. Yeah, and you will. Yeah. Um. God, that's a good question. I probably, I probably had a great relationship on the on the on the playing end of things, and also offered to a lesser degree. I think my time in the clans, I think I had a, I had a very um, same level of thinking as Cahill, Cahill O'Hanlon. Um, I think we played off each other, and he knew exactly, you know, and both of us did where exactly we were. Um, in, I think if you look back, probably in. 
the likes of the Blaney years, I think, you know, I was lucky. I, I, I always say that I was honoured to play with those guys in Blaney. The likes of Eamon McEnany was, was always, a, 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 I would class him, think that he would I'd be the same as him in levels of a football and brain. He knew exactly where to, to put a ball for, for a similar forward like myself. Um, and the likes of Nudie, who, who, you know, I met Nudie the first time I walked out to Castle Blaney and he, this man introduced me and he came out and he said, uh, he was out in the field and I walked out first time in Blaney under lights, ready to fucking do a bit of training. And this man, Pat McDonald was his name. Pat was the secretary of the club that time. And he said, uh, Nudie, I want to introduce you. This is Stephen White from Louth. And Nudie just shook his hands and he says, he says, you've some, um, he said to me, uh, um, he said, you're welcome to the club. He says, you want to do some performance? He said, to be noticed down here. And then he went away running off to get a ball or something. And that, he, 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 he was more or less saying, don't think you're coming down here uh, thinking that you're going to be better than us. You have to prove your worth, you know, which was, was something. It was very cutting and I was saying, holy shit, what is this sort of thing? Who does he think he is, you know? But Nudie was probably, I, I would probably have to put Nudie in probably the best player I've ever played with or certainly, you know, in, in, in years play with Blaney, to have a man uh, that was picked at centre-half back down against the wind yeah. and then to play centre-half forward with the wind, that tells you what sort of a player they thought he was. Like, yeah, you know, so yeah. they were, he was just, he, he knew he could have played anyone, did play anywhere, you know, but he was a fantastic footballer to play with. Um, but they, they, they're probably the men that stood out. You know, I would have had... Other, you know, there, there was in, in smaller times. I would have obviously my old friend Kelly up in God. I would have people would have had me and him as a as a bad relation. Never passed him all sort of thing. I still slag over that. I said yeah, I would have scored a lot more if he had to pass half the balls to me, and we laugh and, and giggle about it. But I had a great a great friendship with Kelly even to till now. Um, and you know, we'd have done things down through the years that none of us is proud of, both on and off the field. But um, That'll be for another day, but it was, uh, you know, even till now, with families and that, we'd have still a great relationship with both families on my side and, and with his kids, and, and, and so be it with the girls here. Uh, the, the, the very, we get on very, very well. Um, the likes of Alan Doherty, Doherty, and Doherty, Doherty would have been similar, though. Say, I didn't get a yeah. huge amount of time to play with Doherty, in, in, he would have had a great football and brain as well in relation to to be able to play because he was kind of similar to me. He played inside. He was a, he was a, a scorer. He knew you know he was quick. He had the soccer brain and he, he knew exactly what you were to look around. When you went down to play with other guys that weren't as as quick thinking, it was frustrating. Probably you know you, you were thinking out, outside the box. You know, with yeah, um, yeah. the likes of that, they were very very cute. You know, there's probably there's probably more down, but. There's probably more, but you just uh, you can't think on the, on the feet. But they're the ones that would stick out, you know, in, in, in the careers. You know, you, you learn from those sort of people and you have great memories with them. But certainly there was, was good days, you know. Because I, I was just, that's what I was just going to say. There's, like, you think of Dotsy, you think of Kelly, you think of yourself, you think of Cahill. Mm. Like, big personalities. We don't, seem mm. to be, we don't seem to be producing those sort of personalities, regardless of footballers. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's important because you have to have some sort of a, uh, I don't mean a, a thick skin, you have to have some sort of confidence. All those boys I'm talking about, they may, may not have come across, but they were they were confident in their own ability. You know, that Cal would have been a quite his own sort of fella. You know, Kelly was probably a little bit more outspoken, but he, he was still, 
you know, he'd still tell you this days, uh, you know, there'd be more crack with Kelly, he'd be more in for a laugh, you know, um, Dotsie as well, you know, Dotsie's over in the UK and I'd be yeah. in regular contact with, with Dotsie, yeah. but you're, you're probably right, there's probably, at that stage it was probably more of a friendship with fellas than there probably is now, I, I don't know the setup in relation to it now, but, you know, I, I would have thought it was probably, you go and play a football and away you go after it. There's no crack after it. You know, there's no, I, I suppose the emphasis is away on socialising. Maybe fellas don't get the opportunity now with the, with, with the emphasis on training and how quick you're running, how fast you're running, how quick you're doing this. So, you know, it's all bang, bang, bang. Whereas in those times you were more relaxed probably, you know, um, and it was easier to get on with fellas. And certainly we did get on as a group, you know, um, and that, that probably shows it with, numerous ones I've mentioned there I'm still in regular contact with them and even outside the football we'd have, we'd have days and crack away you know so they're important and I think if you don't have that then football is only at the end of the day football is only a pastime um, you get great memories I've got great things out of it but you know at the end of the day it's, it's, if you hadn't got it we'd be kind of, we were confined here to houses for three months a lot of us and you're kind of itching to get back in some way to see football or to yeah, be yeah. involved or to play or whatever you're doing, you know, and I think that's that's where you lose it when you don't have it. We're, we're playing in down as well. Was that a nice, another experience for you? Yeah, I came to Bourne. I, um, we lived in Warren Point for quite a number of years and then we moved to Bourne. Um, we're here about, in the, in the house here, about 25 years and you know I probably got the opportunity to transfer I probably looking back at it Dan and I, no disrespect to Byron I probably maybe in a lot of cases I should have done it a year or two before that um, and maybe I should have stayed a couple of years afterwards you know but I was kind of felt that I, I, I felt myself I was always going to go back to, to Bellingham at some stage in my career yes yes um, yeah, this and is I, where you, you know, maybe the fact of me coming to Byron, the fact that I was here I came at the same time as James McCartan did, and there was obviously more emphasis on James. He was a higher profile playing with Downwind in All Ireland. Um, I don't think James, if you, if you ask him, James probably never lived in Bourne. Um, he lives in Ross Trevor at the minute, and he was the man that got the mobile home. I didn't get the mobile home, even though there was talk that there was a mobile home put up and whatever James was living in. I think that's a bit of, down for a bit of, a bit of ridicule, a bit of a laugh. But, yeah. um, I, no, I enjoyed it. I, I had some great years with Byrne. We, we were unfortunate. We didn't get to, we, we, we played in a, in a down final, uh, Mayorbridge beat us. It was Mickey Linden's Mayorbridge's first title. That was, that was in 1989. Yeah. Uh, uh, that was a savage Mayorbridge team that went on to win. Yes. That, it was, a, yeah, very strong Mayorbridge team. They won six or seven oh, championships and deservedly sold in serious talent. Um, but previous to that, we'd won a couple of we'd got a couple of down senior leagues, um, and we had a pretty good team. We're just probably disappointed that I personally was disappointed we didn't get a championship. It would have been nice to have Loud Monaghan and Down in, yeah. in your in your back pocket, but it wasn't to me. And how does Loud differ to those, like in terms of football? Is it the same, or is it the same everywhere? I think it's the same everywhere, and I think that the passion. I think from a club perspective, I think the likes of Burn is very, very much. Um, parish driven I think no matter um, whether it's football or you know if there's um, fundraising if there's you know tragedy um, they're like every a lot of parish clubs they rally around and it's incredible I, I, I've never seen it as, as I've seen it down here um, I don't think the football changes that much maybe a different style of play in years gone by maybe one team be different than the others um, I think the likes of the, you know I, I couldn't compare I think most 
happy football in days was probably in Blaney, you have to say, because it was just football orientated and that was it. There was no, you never thought about training and the training was at a very, very high standard. You were competing at a very, very high standard um, and the satisfaction was great, but it was just, right, lads, we used to go and play ball, you know, that type of thing. And yeah. it was just, it, it, was, it was incredible to be part of it. And, you know, I spent five, five and a half happy years down there. Was it was it nice to finish with the O'Connell's though? That was, it was. It was. Um, I'd always see the intention of coming back um, to finish in some capacity there. Um, some people probably expected me back. Some people maybe didn't want me back. Um, some people did. Um, I was delighted to go back. Um, didn't win the championship that I wanted to finish with, but took them back up to senior. Um, and that was great, great bit of achievement. Um because it was the first time they were back up in senior. Um, don't spend a lot of time in Banningham, obviously. Um, my mum and dad passed away. They're gone 10 years now, but um, my sister lives up in, in what I would call Hagerstown, where my mum and dad laid, uh, lived for a lot of stages of their life. So connection with Bellingham, I don't really have, I still would have friends up there, but I don't really see it that often, a passing through type thing, or maybe if I call the Baron, but my sister, she still works in the, in the chemist shop that my mum had, so... Um, I don't really socialise up there anymore. Not that it's it's just getting time, and you know, when you when you're here with family, you don't get the opportunities I'd like to. But and I probably will go back at some stage and maybe meet up with some of the boys. But some of the guys are still there. Some of the fellas you'd see them in matches, and they won a championship a couple of years ago. Ironically, um, they were playing the clan, so yeah. loyalties were divided. But I'd still have. Bellingham, I, you know, to be honest with you, I, w- I was hoping that they would win that day. Um, and I saw some of them, I know, stayed about, didn't join the celebrations. I did a couple of years back when they won the Intermediate. Um, and I was glad for them because they're, they're a good club and an awful lot of good people up there, you know. But they're like every club, there's some really good people in it and probably to a degree there's maybe some spiteful people too. But I've, I've moved on from those days. I don't think it's, it's worth it, you know. I think you... You offer your friend a hand, your hand of friendship, and if someone takes it well and good, and we've all had good days with people and bad days through football, and it's 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 a small uh, it's a small thing to be worrying about playing football. You know, I think it's there's more to it than than meets the eye. You know. Well, Stefan, I can't thank you for your friendship. Anyway, they, they say never meet your heroes, and I don't know what to say about interviewing your heroes, but <laughs> an absolute pleasure. Thanks very much for coming on the podcast today. You're welcome, Dan. No problem at all. Oh, I hope I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Stefan was a gent with his time. Uh, I can't thank him enough. It's like I say, it's great to it's great to interview your heroes. It was really nice. It was it was it was special for me, and I hope you I hope that came across and you enjoyed it as well. Football is on the horizon next week. So returning this Sunday is the League All About It show on my Facebook page on LeonardPrive.com Facebook page. I'll podcast it. I'll be a podcast next Sunday night on it as well. Um, thanks very much for tuning in. Very excited about football. Follow um, me on all the social media channels and subscribe to wherever you get your podcast. Keep safe. Chat to you next Sunday night on the Loud and Proud podcast. The famous left foot in the garden. <laughs> yes, that's the one. That's the one. The, yeah. the father drilled into you, and it, it, 
that's it. Yeah, that was his goal. <laughs> <laughs>